the American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington, D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. Liberty weeps Our forefathers spin in their graves Pray God will bless Some way out of this mess We must take America back Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the National Intel Report. I'm your host, John Statmiller, with you on this Monday, folks, 14th day of September 2020. And as usual on Mondays, I have my co-host down there on God's Greatest Sandbar, or I like to refer to it as God's Waiting Room. Hi, Steve Elkins. Hi, John. How you doing? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, have they barred people from still coming down from New York? <laughs> uh, not to my knowledge. Okay. Hey, did you watch any football over the weekend? Um, no. Uh, no, I didn't. Why? Should I have? No, no, I, actually, I'm kind of boycotting it all anyway. I'm boycotting all Well, I, I got to I, I gotta, will tell you. Yeah. Go ahead. I, no, you asked me. I, I did watch a little bit of the U.S. Open tennis, just a little bit, the finals, men's finals. Oh, well, see, that's, another form, that's another form of ball worshiping. Now, come on. I know. I just watched a little bit, just a little bit. Well, you know, I had I, to laugh because the ball boys had masks on. The <laughs> line judges all had masks on. The chair ref did not have a mask on because, you know, COVID – Cannot go up above six feet because that's why you'd never see really tall people wearing masks because they're protected. What was funny was that they had cardboard people cutouts on each end for the players to think and believe that there were actually people in the audience watching the match. It was uh, it lacked luster. Uh, it did go five sets, but it was boring as heck to watch this. There was no enthusiasm, so I kind of flipped through it real fast and watched a little bit, but that was it. Well, isn't isn't that strange? I did watch the recap of the games to see how they were, and they still polluted it with the political message that was oh, sure. heavily infused. And they did show the stadiums, and they talked about, um, oh, the fake crowd noise in front of the yeah. fake crowds, uh, the cardboard yep. cutouts. Yep. And and I find I I found myself chuckling because. It's all over the fo- the the fake COVID nineteen hysteria. So we got fake crowd noise and we got fake people there, and I, I'm just I'm just amazed. In the in the meantime, I guess there has been only one athlete, and I'm sure the NFL probably told the powers that be, you know, why don't you lay off on this stuff? We'll we'll glaze heavily on the uh, Black Lives Matter thing. Just just. You know, leave the other thing alone, and and we'll be okay. Yeah. I've... Well, the NFL has kind of boxed themselves in on this whole issue. Instead of 
putting their foot down long ago and saying, you know, this whole political thing, you're spo- you, you have a job to do. And I, I can't go to my job and stand on a soapbox and preach my politics. Can't do that. They're going to fire my ass in a heartbeat. So I don't know why these athletes who are getting paid way too much believe that they can just go to their work and not kneel for the national, you know, kneel for the national anthem and, and just make political statements. That's not your job. Your job is actually go out there and play football. Oh, no, 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 no. Here, here's, here's the rationale. It's a big platform for an important message. <laughs> no, that, that's that's what they're saying, and you know, I, I'm I'm rather I'm rather fascinated because I've said this before. Over seventy percent of the people that are in the NFL happen to be black. Uh, there's an, probably another one percent that's uh, Hawaiian or something else. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm waiting now. We've all heard, you know, we need to be equitable about this. You know, we need to spread the wealth. So what about that defensive lineman that's only making three, four million dollars a year, and he's, he's his job is to protect the quarterback from being face planted in the astroturf. Yeah. But I, I'm waiting for the argument to come that this guy makes forty million dollars a year, and I only make four. So I I I want to get paid uh, as as a player on this team. I, I I want I want a shared value of this. And and I talked about this. This reminds me of that. Reminds me of that movie. You're a big movie buff. This reminds me of Bull Durham. Do you remember that part about uh, this guy's got a million dollar arm here, five cent head, and all my limbs put together aren't worth what? Can't remember what it was. But uh, Kevin Costner talking about Tim Robbins. Do you remember the movie Bull Durham? Yeah, years ago, with with yeah. one of my <laughs> least favorite female actors that I can't even remember her name. But anyhow, back to the question that you asked me. Yeah, it's um, yeah it, because they have a platform, and this is about social justice. And, and I'm telling you what, uh, I I was talking about this as I was saying last uh, last Friday, and and I'm waiting, and I'm just waiting for some idiot to start talking about getting you know a, a fair piece of the pie because him only being a 350 pound lineman you know he can't run very far or very fast so he can't be a defensive back or he can't be a corner or he can't be a receiver on the offense um so and he can't throw the ball so these people are being paid on what uh their talents as to the importance of the game now oh that sounds racist to me i i'm Steve, I'm I'm telling you, I I played the video last week. It was, I think, Thursday's game. Uh, Who were the teams? Kansas City and Houston. And they all came out in the middle of the field before the game, and they all locked arms. Well, the people that were in attendance were booing them. And they weren't booing them over the unity message. They were booing them over politicizing the damn game. You know, I, I I just, you know, and has anybody noticed if we have a differential of seventy, let's call it seventy. I'm sure it's seventy-two percent, but let's just let's just round the numbers down. If seventy percent, seven out of ten players in the NFL are black, and only three out of ten are white, and teams are still able to field a team, go out there and play by the rule book for sixty minutes. 
Uh, doesn't that take a certain amount of cooperation between white and black? Oh, I see the motivation here. It's for the paycheck. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, well, it's also it's also defying what they've always talked about in the past, John, and that's diversity. Is that is that diversity? You got seven black athletes and you got three white tokens. Is that diversity? Because I, that's always here. We gotta have diversity. Diversity. I was thinking about this just the other day. Being in San Francisco long before I came back here, back out to the Florida. You ever gone inside of a Chinese restaurant and seen anybody white working at a Chinese restaurant? Do you see any diversity in the, in the Chinese restaurant? No, you see Asians working in a Chinese restaurant. Nobody's pushing to get in, I guess, or for some reason they don't they won't hire you because you're well, not Asian. You, they want that atmosphere, but I mean, what what happened to that diversity? What happened to that? Well, I, I, I the question I've always burned in my mind is why are most of the offensive linemen in the NFL white and most of the defensive guys black? Good question. I don't. I I, I I don't know. I I, I don't but know. But you know the, the numbers you gave also apply to the to the NBA also. Actually, I think it's closer to eighty or eighty-five percent of the NBA is black. And nobody's screaming diversity. Where's our diversity? This is not diversity. You know, it's it's a joke. Um, it's it's the it's a double standard. And I don't like diversity at all. I, I mean, that's all. That is the the affirmative action. The the new repackaged affirmative action is all it is. Diversity, but hire the best. But I mean, aren't there some? Aren't there more better white players? I guess not. I don't know. I I you know I. I you know, and and you know what? Um, what would it be like if we had black ownership of an NFL team? Oh, geez. Right. Now, this is costed out mm, probably over the heads of most people in this country, including you and me. And I think I don't know. Have, I I didn't check in the mirror. Am I a white guy? Are you a white guy? Um, oh, this, I'm, I've got a nice tan going here. I might be able to pass. A little later in the summer, maybe this new this I'm new stadium away. this new stadium out in uh, Los Angeles that they didn't know if they were going to hold a game this weekend. Um, over five billion dollars for a palace to play football in, and it was delayed because they realized they were in a traffic pattern for an airport, so they had to dig the hole that they buried the field in. A hundred foot deeper. That's that's why there was a delay on this five billion dollar project. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, billions of dollars for the little buildings to play the game in and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. I I mean, yeah, they got a players union okay. Yeah, they, they were able to do that. Did some good things come out of that? Yeah, a few good things did come out of that. Uh, in in regards to what happens when they break all their bones and split their heads open and damn near die in the field of uh, you know disc compressions in their neck or whatever, a lot of these guys. If you think about playing football, you know we're we're talking a lot of these guys played in grade school and in high school and in college and then professionally. How many? How many head bangs did they get? So there was there was concern about head injury and the debilitating in later years. You know, that was a good thing that came out of there. That there's more safety now. They changed the rules on the field to try to protect players from headhunters, what I would call just the cannibals out there trying to kill and eat somebody. 
Um, there have been people that have made careers out of how hard I can hit you. You know, not just a regular tackle or not a tackle that's good enough to make you think about the next time you see me. I'm talking about trying to take your head off. But we see the quarterbacks now. These quarterbacks are making 25, 30, 35, 40 million dollars a year. How are they going to continue to support this stuff? I don't think um, I don't think the uh, the head of the NFL has really thought this one through because there's a lot of people that would watch football games, and I have myself. I've gone to stadiums. I I once saw Thanksgiving Day in the now buried. Silverdome up near uh, Detroit, uh, 80,000 people. And it was kind of like a, a hole dug in the ground with a bottle cap roof on it. And the roof was supported by pressured air. You try to walk into place through the, uh, through the doors and it'd blow you right back out. If the, <laughs> if the sidewalks were icy, it really, it literally would blow you across, <laughs> across the sidewalk. But being in there, in, in, in that kind of an atmosphere, the, the place would literally vibrate. And what was fun about it, there were people there that were all doing the same thing. They were rooting for their team. Now, people that don't like sports will give you arguments 16 different ways from Sunday, and I get it. I, I understand, okay, you don't like organized sports and baseball and football. I see where money has literally ruined the game. And it's pricing it out of most people's ability. Go check season tickets, folks. They might have discounts this year. Well, who the hell are they seating? But under normal circumstance, you're you're talking $100 plus for the nosebleed section to go watch an NFL game. Uh, If you're a season ticket holder, of course, you get better seats. But you're paying an exorbitant amount of money and you're paying the profit so the club owners can pay their players millions and millions and millions of dollars. And what Roger Goodell, I don't think this has really hit him yet. What he's doing is undercutting the very business that's out there that's got to pay its bills and its players, and they got to pay off these billions and billions of dollars worth of palaces, sports palaces they've built. They're cutting their own throats. They're not listening to the public. And that is a bad mistake. I, I for well, one... John, let's, let's do some math here. Let's do some math real quick here. Now, yeah. I'm not a big football guy, so I'm going to ask you, how many how many members on a team, a professional team? 70? They upped it because of the COVID-19 crisis. There were generally, I, I think, 52. 52 active players on the roster. And, of course, you had, uh, uh, you had people that were on injured, injured reserve. And you could tuck a few more people away. Uh, you could cut a guy that you really didn't want to cut, but there was somebody just as good, if not better, that was trying out for the same position. You could uh, put them, uh, tuck them aside, and, uh, well, you could bring them back uh, at a later time if need be. It was kind of like a, 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 a reservoir of talent when the bodies got broken. Well, the reason I ask that, just on the bottom, let's, let's just say of all the teams here on an average – what do you think the payroll is for the owner for just your average team? I mean, you may have a couple stars here and there, a star quarterback, but what do you think your average your average wage payout would be for that entire season for you, that team? Mike, are you listening to the show? He asked a question. I'm asking you to do a little research here. 
<laughs> well, because then we're going to factor in that nobody's coming to the games now, and uh, people are probably not watching, so they're going to get the advertising dollars. So, yeah, these, these owners are in some serious trouble. Serious trouble. Well, and there's a lot of people in serious trouble. I, I was just watching Fox News. Uh, oh, the, uh, the mayor of New York, uh, de Blasio. He's, uh, well, in a couple of weeks, he's going to uh, allow restaurants to have, I think, uh, 25% seating capacity. Yeah, 25%. Now, they've been shut down for over six months. 64%, the figure I saw, 64% of the restaurants are now out of business and they're not coming back. I, I don't know if... So, John, is... Uh, okay, is you, hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold on. Okay. Now, if you take a look at restaurants and their profit margins, uh, let, me, let me just say it to you this way. Uh, a restaurant that's seating less than 75% capacity on a continual basis uh, can either make it or it's going to be broken never to come back. In other words, the profit margins in restaurants is not really super great. Okay, they make money on, on drinks and alcohol sales and stuff like that. But at 25%, uh, people are realizing, oh, well, wait a minute, well, well we're going to need some, some federal funds and help. So now they're in New York City, yeah, okay, they're, de Blasio is going to open up in a couple, three weeks and 25%. Well, we're going to need federal help. We're going to need federal bailout. No, what you need to do is get rid of this asset you've got as a mayor and this Cuomo characters you got as a governor. That's what you people need to do. Yep. I mean, it, it, exactly. I, I, it, it's still going on when... Uh, Steve, just yesterday I was watching MSLSD, and they had a screen wipe on, and then they were talking about the COVID-19 and about mask wearing and this, that, and the other, and they're posting information that they're gathering from the World Health Organization and the CDC. And lo and behold, the number of deaths in the United States, 9,000. Yeah. Wait a minute. 120. Wait a minute. Wasn't it 150,000? Actually, it's uh, right now the newest total is like 194,000, something like that, U.S. Well, not according to MSLSD. They had it at 9,000, a little over 9,000. And I had to read it again, and I'm looking at this, and I'm going, okay, so worldwide, uh, am I, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, no. But there they are, blathering about COVID-19, yeah. and it's not 150,000 anymore that they have on the screen wipe. It's now 9,000. Yeah. And the, and the nonsense is still continues. I, it, it blows me away. that um, You said you saw it on, on Fox. I never saw it at all about the CDC the new numbers for COVID-19, uh, 9,120 true COVID deaths. And I thought to myself, Americans don't read. They watch TV, and if they see it on TV, it must be true because it's on TV. If people would only read. Now, these research articles, I've thrown them up there. I've thrown them to you. We've put them on the website. I've emailed them out. I can't do any more than saying, here it is. Here's UCLA study. Here's a, is a Stanford study this no. week. No. Saying the uh, no. the hype on this whole COVID nineteen thing here, it's not as contagious as was first reported. The truth is out there, but people don't read. Well, and the news will not report on it. They'll just continue with the same old lie, even though the information is available. The updated information. Yep. Is it? 
Wow. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. Wasn't that the idea when we started out? At school, that's what they said the Constitution was about. Wasn't that the idea? We are back. Al in West Virginia. Hello, Al. Hello, John. I think that... uh... As long as everything's fair, it's okay, isn't it? Everything's cool, as long as we're all fair with each other. In other words, if they want to cut 25% of somebody's income, can't we cut uh, 25% of his electricity, his heat, and so forth and so forth? That'd be fair. Well, they're asking for people to voluntarily do that in California, you know, because they have rolling brownouts and stuff like that. Well, I just think I think it, we should go around the board 
you know, 25%, 25%. The CLA like it. And they only get 25% of their electricity and their heat. I, yeah, I, I would say yes to that, but you're not going to get the guys to uh, <laughs> not cut the checks or responsible for disbursement of funds to agree to that. Uh, no, they're they're essential. Just, you're not. I guess it was just my dumb thinking here. You know, I'm, you got to remember, I'm in the backwoods, so yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll yeah. let you go. Thanks, so. Uh According to Statista dot com, says the average 2018-2019 salary was two hundred and twenty million dollars for an NFL team. Wow. $220 million. So let's see. How do they make their money? Well, obviously, gate. Um, advertisers. Concessions. Okay, concessions, advertisers. But more importantly, uh, for the networks themselves and affiliates that run commercials, well, geez, the average viewership to the NFL games is down. It was down last year, uh, and that was due to nobody having any money because of the 2008 heist, and people are still trying to recover from that. Uh, but now we roll in with COVID-19, and, uh, well, if the viewership is down and the advertisers aren't getting the response, and this is where they're getting a lot of money from, well, eventually they're going to cut their own damn throats, now, aren't they? The, by the way, the uh, the Bears, uh, that I, I heard through the grapevine uh, that, uh, of course, Detroit blew another lead in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Lost to the Chicago Bears. Here, here's a club that's not considered to be uh, East Coast gold. You know, East and West Coast teams. You know, they they got the biggest markets. Well, the Bears, located in lowly Chicago, they got the highest in the NFL at two hundred and seventy-one million dollars. So, well, a question I had for you earlier is: watching a game, think about it, you put yourself. In the, in, the, in the shoes of the guy that lost his job. He's still waiting to go back. He's not getting any more stimulus checks. He's sitting back. Uh, unemployment's not cutting it, uh, the PPE. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's losing his car. He may lose his house. He's losing everything. Yeah. You think he's going to sit back and watch TV? And that, Is that going to take his mind off his life crumbling around him? Is that going to work? If he has any mind so. left while he's sitting on the couch, he might be contemplating suicide if he's got any brains yeah, left exactly. in his head. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't die from the COVID. He, he dies from suicide because he was, econom- he was economically destroyed by the fraud. Amazing. I, 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 man. Amazing. It, well, and, and it's a kid's game, and you can thank the players' union. Well, they had to unionize because what the guys would get on the field, it wasn't fair. But to be fair... I said that there has been some good that has come out of the players' union taking care of uh, broken. Has anybody seen Earl Campbell lately uh, of the now-defunct Houston Oilers? This guy was an absolute beast as a running back on the field, but look at him today. The guy can I literally barely walk. So, you know, you, you take your high risk comes high reward. But a guy like that, when he was playing, wasn't getting big bucks. But the average NFL running back has got a, maybe about a five-year career, and that's about it. There are exceptions, like Adrian Peterson into his 14th year. This guy's still running 1,000, 
thousand yards. But these are the exceptions, not generally the rule. But here again, you know, we're not talking about we're, we're talking about a sport. We're right. talking about a bunch of guys running around on the gridiron after a pigskin, and they're and they're making all of this money. So I, I look. I'm voting. What, for, what I, if a what if a cardiac surgeon? What if a cardiac surgeon or a trauma surgeon made twenty four million dollars a year? And the people knew about that. You think they make a big stink about it? Not if that surgeon saved their life. <laughs> well, yeah, that definitely, definitely that would. But uh, I think they would say this: the hospital's making too much money. This guy's making too much money. For some reason, to me, there's a guy that actually, I mean would deserve a higher income it's a stressful job i mean you i mean it's it's a stressful job you lose a lot of sleep you lose a lot of family life and uh he's not making 24 million dollars a year for playing a game and that's just a season this guy's playing a season we're talking about 24 dollars so you're talking wage parity here so why should a quarterback uh make 35 40 million dollars a year and this surgeon only make 24 uh, Surgeon's not making even near that. Oh well, they need to form a union, damn it. Well, it's it's priority. I mean, we we got to decide here. What's what's really the priority? What's what's important? I guess. Well, generally, um, in a system such as ours, it's generally the demand for the quality of service and how important that service is, is what determines the price tag. But they've that's kind of got out of hand, hasn't it? You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love talkstreamlive.com. Talkstream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to talkstreamlive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. The Republic Broadcasting Network, late night premiere show of Redfield Hardcore is hosted by activists that want to hear from you, the listeners, so that you can get involved in the activism, please call in at 800-313-9443 at 10 p.m. to enter the discussion. To book yourself as a guest, call our studio at 202-657-5715 or contact RBN staff. Remember, keep it real and take the red pill. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. 
Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. John in California. Hello, John. Hi, John. Hi, Steve. How are you doing today? Hi. Hey, real quick, uh, before I get into my main thing, uh, I saw the highlights in that Detroit uh, Bear game, and uh, it was, uh, unfortunately, uh, the usual Detroit snatches defeat from the Jaws of victory. <laughs> they get behind, they make a comeback, <laughs> they get down under two minutes. Mm-hmm. Stafford to bring him down the end, right down in the 20, throws a perfect pass in the end zone on the corner. The guy catches it, and Turret drops it just as he crosses the line. Yeah. And then they had one more chance at the end, and Stafford's doing the best he can. He threw an interception, unfortunately, but okay. Yeah. So much for that. Yeah. That was interesting. Okay. Here's my report from Front Sight. We, uh, my wife and I went down there last week. We took a four-day defensive handgun course, and as I said, I hadn't fired in 30 years. My wife's never fired a gun. We get down there, we get checked in, and I'm always meeting people interested, uh, you know, where are you from, what do you do, how you, how'd you find about front sight? That I, I pushed RBN all over the place. I gave them uh, your, the numbers, the website, and some did look it up, and uh find it interested so we took the course it was very intensive like eight to five every day with a lunch break and um I'm home you're spent tired but you know you learn something every day it's very intensive training excellent training and uh, at the end of the four-day course we had a we had a little test and then we had a competition and um it was great i, I can't say any more than uh it's a great the people that we had three uh, instructors, a master instructor, a regular instructor, and a line coach. Mm-hmm. And the stories of how they got into it were really interesting, too. One of them was, uh, he was only 23. He didn't look that young until he took his hat off. And he was he was down and out in the drugs and that, and that was not too many years ago. He got into it from help some people. Now he's a master commander. The other was a woman, came out from Tennessee with her family, kicking and screaming. She said, I don't want anything to do with guns. And I got young kids. She got there. She fell in love with it. Now she's an instructor studying for a master instructor. The other kid's a line coach. His father is, is, is um, on dialysis there. That's why he had to move. He found front sight. 
he's going to make this his career. So they're just, they help you out. It's not like a drill instructor talking to you, talking you down. It's They're helpful at every point. And I, I, I'm proud to say, my myself, I was waiting to, because I, you know, was older. We were the only husband and wife team there, one of the oldest. There was another guy, with, uh, he was 75. Most of them were men. There were three other women, mostly young, a father-son team, a couple of uh, some ex-military, and uh, one sheriff. And I'm um, watching my wife fire, and I can tell you, she says, I'm tired at the end. You know, she kind of petered out at the end of the day, you could tell, but... During the day at lunch, uh, I'm kind of, you get some action, you see her up there, and she's intense. And, um, you know, got our certificates, had our pictures taken with the instructors, and uh, called our kids and that, sent them pictures and uh, emails with it, and they were just, you know. And and that awesome. uh, what you're describing, John, is the reaction of most women because, you know, guns kill people. Uh, Steve, I'm sure you can attest to this, uh, that around hospitals, the idea of guns and gun ownership is not really super popular because they're the recipient of gunshot wounds and, you know, whatever else. But uh, it's interesting to see how the women, once they get over that initial fear of that evil firearm, of how how they're fascinated by it. And... You know, men's reaction times are like milliseconds better than women's. But when the women get in there and they start really training with a firearm and get proficient, the first thing that goes out the window with understanding is the fear of the damn thing. Yeah, what do guns do? Well, they fire bullets and they kill things. And that's the downside of the Second Amendment and firearms ownership. You don't get to shoot it and make a a liberal disappear. No, uh, that's why it's important that you know when and how to use a gun to your best advantage and and, and how to determine a life-threatening situation. With some people that I've met, they wanted to buy firearms. I've told them not to because you're only going to get yourself killed because you're that stupid. And you're going to be a bigger target if you look as if you've got a gun and you're willing to use it, kind of, sort of. And you run across somebody that is proficient with a firearm, guess what that makes you? Very dead. So some people are actually, John, better with not owning a firearm because you're never going to bring these people up to speed. You're never going to do it. The people that the people that do this understand and they take the seriousness, and the gravity of firearms ownership. So, you know, literally, gun control in their minds and in my mind is hitting the target that you intend to hit. But, but make sure that you're sure of your ground, your, your life is being threatened, there's not going to be any other way out of this but accept a point and shoot and shoot straight. So, I got well, a that's right, John. And I, John? I tell you, none of these people I met, they weren't coming down here to prove, oh, well, I'm macho and I, I was ex-military or, or police or that, and I'm, I'm, I'm good at that. No. And you could see they, they even remarked, as it said in there, I've been firing most of my life, and I still learned a lot. They, uh, we had classroom, too, and we had some videos we, we, read, we watched from Mr. Brad Ackman. He's the head of the... Uh, and he talked about stuff like moral obligations versus uh, lethal. If you're going to have to kill somebody or wound, 
because, you know, you have to make that decision. Yeah. Like if they're just standing there 50 yards away, they start moving at you 10 yards, coming after you with something. And, um, and we had, we had uh, um, such a, such a, you went through a maze, go through rooms. You come out, they had these pictures of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a woman with a cell phone. Yeah. Or a guy with a mask. Or how to re- how mask. to recognize how to recognize a threatening yeah. target? Yeah, and I have and to tell you, I, I I took police training forty years ago when it, when I was going through it with a gun, and went through that. And for some reason, I remember I looked at that. And I said, "Oh yeah, civilian. No, the next one, headshot. Or you know, this guy was a was a scumbag. Same with the hostage. Had no problem. I I, I could remember that. But mm-hmm. you're right. There were a couple of guys mistakenly shot the woman with the cell phone. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, we had to. And he talked about, yeah, the, what's your moral? I mean, what can happen to you? You know, if you get, if you get go, you go to trial, or you go to court, but right. you, you prove you're right, or you get a civil action from a family or something. You know, that's that's kind of stuff you could face, or maybe you can't. And how to, if you're somewhere and you you had to use your weapon, you're out, not at home. What do you do? You call nine one one. You go down and you just say that, um, you know. Here's a gun I use. You know, I had to do this and that. You don't. Yeah, well, to, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're assuming, John, you're assuming that when you call 911, that they show up sometimes between death and rigor mortis, either yours uh, or the victim's. Yeah. And, and another thing, John, and another thing I want to, John, another thing I wanted to stress here that the, the better you are in the environment that you're in, and it's called situational awareness. That's why you went through that maze, targets pop up, should I shoot that? No, I guess I shouldn't shoot the woman with a cell phone, even though we've had cops out there that mistake people standing there with cell phones and looks like they're bringing it up to shoot and they're actually putting it to their ear, and they get dead. What uh, Something else magically happens. The more you know and the better you are, in that environment, the calmer you are and the straighter you shoot. Now, the reason I find that most important is I want to have the ability to be cool as a cucumber, to be a damn dead-on shot. And you know what? Maybe it's not a uh, maybe it's not a, a robber or somebody that's got 1,900 warrants out for their arrest and they don't care about anything any damn way that I'd be able to shoot that person and incapacitate him without killing them. But I also reserve the right, and one of my favorite little weapons, is nothing more than a thirty-two caliber. Well, it just happens to be of the German variety, and it is so accurate, it is like an extension of your arm and part of your hand, that I've got no problem double-tapping, putting two bullets in a pie plate at, uh, say, 20 yards. At 50, 60 feet, I can double tap somebody and put them down. But I also want to have the option of, uh, you know, taking out kneecaps or doing something like that if I have the opportunity. If it's an overwhelming thing, somebody's the aggressor coming at me with a firearm and I am actually in fear for my life, congratulations, you're being permanently face planted. Yeah. Well, we, we fired anywhere from five yards as far back as 25. We kept going in and out, in and out. Yep with various phases, and it was either shooting, and I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I call the torso, the the, uh, the heart down to the stomach. Center the mass. Head. Nowhere else. That's what they we told how to teach us. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I've learned so much myself, and I'm very confident, especially getting used to 
holding of the weight of a gun. Well, they're different from Glocks are different now for the old 38s and 44s and 357 mags. But that gave us, my wife and I, that and, and how to pull it out, how to load, and um, how, to, how, to, how to clear jams. There's four ways to do it, four different situations you get into. Let me just tell at the end, I could talk to you all day. We had the last thing we did after the comp, the final thing we did, they just keep six shots, keep six bullets. We had a situation where they put uh, a picture on the target, was a, was a hostage, and either side had the head of the, uh, the um, you know what I mean. Anyway, who do they want to write for that? Who do you want to protect as a loved one? Well, I wrote my oldest daughter, my wife had her, or, uh, Grand, one of her granddaughters, and just for me, I was we did fine. For me, at the final end, I shot headshots both all the way. And the last one, I was trying to be very careful. I shot my daughter in the head, mistakenly, and I it was a good kind of a downer for a short period. And I, I kept them and I kept the other ones just for fun. But I said, oh my God, the last shot out of all this week, I had to hit it. But anyway, so. The last thing is we go into Las Vegas and spend the weekend. We're at the Bellagio. We're having dinner Saturday night, nice time. We meet a nice table of people next to us. We're talking. They're from Michigan. And uh, I get talking, about, told them about Frontside RBN. There are two women. They're really interested. And the one woman, her, her husband's retired sheriff. She said, I want to come. And if my husband won't bring me, my friend, we'll come, we'll come ourselves. And I told them about the free training. Get on the website. Listen to Dr. Piazza. He'll give you a free four-day course. That's all I could do. I said, you got nothing to lose, and it, it's if you don't like guns in the house, it has nothing to do with that. This is just teaching you safe handling of firearms and shooting. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, John. I thank him very much. Thank, you know, for it coming up with your fundraisers two years ago this year. Uh, Dan Sutterfield, and all those people. I'm ready to go back again. I got my granddaughter. She's turning 21, and she wants to go to Vegas anyway. I told her about it. I thought, yeah, she threw it. She says, how do I get the free training? <laughs> so I said, oh, we'll talk. Maybe I can parlay her to before or after to take her over there. All right. Well... I'm glad you had a good experience out there. Uh, it is well worth it. Uh, Dan Sutterfield, uh, which thank you for bringing that up because we only did one pledge drive this year, and we generally do two. Uh, I keep having somebody that's promised me T-shirts that lives down on God's sandbar. <coughs> but uh, the cookie jar is bare. If anybody was listening to uh, Mike Rivera's program, uh, Mother Hubbard's cupboard is bare, and it's only the middle of the month. So we need uh, we need some donations in here, and, and we need them ASAP. So, well, John, John, I pushed that. Like I said, I pushed it. I had cards, and I forgot them. I always forget something. But I pushed the name as much as I could to people. Good. And nobody blew it off. I just said, hey, just, you know, here, republicbroadcasting.org. Here's the phone number if you want a, their, their show product uh, number. Yeah. Well, John. All this. Uh, and you, and you're an, uh, did you say um, when you were going through training you you were you're an ex cop? No 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 I I this was this was in the end of the sixties I was going to go for the higher patrol in California. Oh okay all right. And I my medical was fine right at the end my eyesight changed and this was before LASIK came out you could correct ah, it. Ah. 
but I got a police science degree, and I took I took firearms training there at an actual police range from Richmond, okay. California. All right. How did that? Uh, how, how did the training from that compare to front sight? <laughs> well, I mean, it was more intensive, obviously, at front sight for four. Like I said, eight hours a day, and you had three instructors. They were right there. You, yeah. you had them. You raised your hand. Okay. So the answer, John, the answer to that directed. question was it was more intensive, right? Right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, John, I appreciate it. Uh, let me know when yeah. you're going back and see if you can get... i got some more to say, but I'll tell you another day. This okay. Is, uh, well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate okay, it very much. Thank you, John. Yeah. Steve, uh, Dan was going to give you a free... Uh, you and your wife. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Got to get out that way, but uh, I don't know how I'm going to do that, so... Well, what do you mean, how you're going to do it? It's called an airplane. Uh, you know, yeah, the, and I got to wear a mask. Remember that? Oh well, wait till the COVID thing lifts, and yeah, and Vegas is is broke on its butt, so you can get <laughs> you can get real cheap flights out to Vegas. <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of which, Fauci <coughs> said a couple days ago. Fauci said that normal will not return until probably the end of 2021. Well, now, I don't know why anybody's going to Fauci anyway. How many how many times do we have to? disclose that he's been a fraud he's made serious uh, judgment errors he's been off on his uh, his predictions uh why are we not going to scott atlas for information i i don't know why they're still uh, going to fauci because um uh because because fauci has pretty much been distanced from the white house and he's the creature that's been pushing this crap. This is why he's on all the other libtard media outlets, still being brought up as being um, the official. You know, this is the guy that, you know, with his models, ran to Donald Trump and told him that, you know, this is serious and it's going to kill two million Americans. Now, if we notice what Trump did a week after this coronavirus was uh, found out, that he shut down all flights from from China. Okay? He's got Fauci in his ear telling him it's going to kill a couple million people. Well, Trump's thinking, okay, well, if it's coming from China, let's cut the flights off from China. This guy, uh, you know, Steve, I wanted to get around to this story here that up in Michigan... Old Gretchen Whitmer, she's facing lawsuits challenging her use of emergency powers to fight the coronavirus. These people are pissed. We'll tell you about the legal actions they're taking against this wonderful governor. And we've got our own governor down here in Texas. We're suggesting that he take Gretchen's place up in Michigan because we ain't got any damn use for him down here in Texas. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in, put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there, and when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting. 
and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody. We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Nikki, great product. Have to try it for a few months to see results. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I have noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from carpal tunnel. I will continue to buy the product. Ken Peaks, five out of five stars. Works as advertised. This formula is very powerful. Be careful to follow directions. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure has stabilized and my lower edema has reduced. Lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. Thank you. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Is your property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement, suffering family loss, or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single-family home or multiple-family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. Sell your property fast and leave all your worries behind. back up in michigan steve um she's faced with lawsuits that being whitmer uh she may be unable to stop a republican maneuver there again we're politicizing whether we're talking about black lives matter or covid19 it's all political yeah the maneuver that would rescind a 75 year old law that enabled her to issue and lift covid19 restrictions unilaterally a ballot drive said Friday it was in home stretch after collecting more than 400,000 signatures in just two months. If at least 340,000 signatures are deemed valid by the state elections board, the GOP-controlled legislature would likely repeal the 1945 law rather than let it go to the 2022 public vote. The Democrat governor could not veto the initiated bill, a 1976 law which requires legislative approval to extend the state of emergency. Uh, you see, folks, you don't necessarily need the people's representative in the various districts sitting in your state legislature to approve anything. No, the governor can just go out there and declare any damn thing they want to without the backing of your state legislature. No one should think that allowing a politician to have unlimited power for unlimited duration is a good idea. 
And this is the spokesman for Unlock Michigan, Fred uh, Wozniak. He urged people to consider if they'd be okay with a 2018 gubernatorial candidate or uh, Donald Trump uh, wielding emergency powers permanently with the need, no need to consult lawmakers, which I understand today uh, that who's the guy uh, that was Trump's uh, political hack guy out there? Roger Stone was on, I guess, Jones's show advocating for martial law in the country. Uh, be careful what you ask for. Um, right. As of August 3rd, the group has raised more than $900,000 to circulate petitions. Three-quarters of that money came from Michigan citizens for fiscal responsibility. Whitmer has used this 1945 law as an underpinning for far-reaching orders to close businesses and schools, require mask and social distancing, limit gathering size to control the virus, that and here is the 6,900 deaths across the state. I got news for you, Whitmer. It wasn't the coronavirus that necessarily killed these people. But you know, we don't we don't ever go there. The public supports her handling of the pandemic, according to polling, and disapproves of how Trump has managed the crisis. Now, again, let's go down party lines here. What do you want to make a bet? These are all Democrats. Now, at a large campaign rally outside Saginaw on Thursday, and I reported on it last Friday, Trump told Whitmer to open up the state, and Michigan would be better off if it uh, if they had a governor who knew what the hell she was doing. <laughs> now, it's true. Republican lawmakers initially agreed to lengthen the state of emergency through April, but balked at extending the declaration again without the governor agreeing that all future stay-at-home measures would be enacted with bipartisan legislation. See, now we're talking about going back to the legislative body and having record and people putting their political arses on the line. Ooh. Now, of course, she's urging people not to sign the petition, said it would jeopardize Michigan's progress. No, you people in Michigan have not been destroyed enough. And that's how I read it. At any rate, hour two coming up. Oh, just so you know, Steve, uh, the average franchise value in an NFL team, damn near $3 billion. The total revenue of all the uh, teams, $14.5 billion. And our own Dallas Cowboys down here in the state of Texas, $950 million. That's the highest revenue of any outfit. Of course, he's the one that built his billion-dollar planet and the one that went after the governor of Texas saying, we need to open it up. Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. 
listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.